Hi, I'm Rob. Tale number 28. I don't run half marathons anymore. My friend Melanie invited me to see this guy speak. His name was Rich Roll. He's a famous ultra runner. He runs really long distances. And he gave this really inspirational talk about how running sort of turned his life around. And I like what I heard, so I decided to start running. I started slow, just running a few days a week, increasing my distance a little bit each time. After a little while, I realized I needed some better shoes, so I went to my local running store and got some shoes. And while there, I learned about a running group. This was just a group of people that met up once or twice a week and ran together. They said it didn't matter that I just started running, just show up and run. So that's what I did. Every Tuesday and Thursday, I ran with this group. And usually there were like 30 people that showed up. And pretty soon I got to know two guys in the running group, Jake and Jared. We were all pretty early in our running journeys, and it was nice to have people to do this with. And so what started out as this desire to start running pretty quickly turned into more of a social thing. I don't know if this is true everywhere, but drinking beer is a big part of the running group. Like you go run together and then everyone goes and has a beer. And it was while drinking one of these post-run beers that either Jake or Jared mentioned to me the idea of running in a race, a half marathon. I had actually like run a 5K before, but it never occurred to me to run in anything like longer than that. They were going to train for a half marathon. They were really excited about it and they wanted me to do it with them. And it sounded like this impossibility, but it also was really exciting. So I said, sure. And so the three of us, in addition to being in the running group, we all set out together to train for a half marathon. The race was about eight months away, which was a pretty long time, but not very long for someone who had not run more than three miles before. So we still did the running group, but we added some other days. So I think our running schedule was something like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And Saturday was our long run. So that was our longest run of the week. And every week we would increase it by like a mile. And we created this calendar. And, you know, when it came time for the half marathon, we should be able to run 13.1 miles. Training was really fun. It was great. It was so nice to have somebody to share the experience with, but also to have them be there to motivate me. And, you know, I tried to motivate them. We were sort of like an inseparable little trio for a few months. And I was feeling great. You know, I was getting into better shape from the running, and I had these two new friends that I was spending a lot of time with. I have such fond memories of, of that time. And part of our training plan had us running a 10K, a shorter race, about six miles, about four months into our training for the half marathon. So we trained up to the 10K distance for the first four months, and then the last four months we would train up to the half marathon distance. And, you know, just running a race in the middle there, kind of gave us experience running an actual race. It seemed like a good idea. And so the day of the 10K arrives. It's a trail run. So it's like on a nature trail at this park. And we're not going to try and like 
keep pace with each other. We're all going to run our own race, but you know, we're all there together. We're all supporting each other. And the race starts and we start running and Jake and Jared were actually a little faster than me, but somehow I got off to a quick start and got pretty far ahead of them. Everything was going fine. And maybe about two miles into the race, the trail kind of dips down near a pond. And I see something move out of the corner of my eye and I just stop really quick because I don't want to step on anything. And it's a little toad, like a teeny tiny toad, like the size of my thumbnail. And it's just hopping around across the trail. And then I see another one and another one. And then I see one that's been smashed. Someone has stepped on it. And then I see more smashed toads. So there's dozens and dozens of toads, maybe hundreds of toads. And then there's several that have been smashed or stepped on. And there's even a few that have been stepped on, but they're still alive. And like their insides are coming out of their mouths. And so I have to like step on them and mercy kill them and finish them off. And I decide I have to stop the carnage. So I I stop and I start trying to figure out what to do because people are running by and I start warning them and sort of trying to have them run much farther away from the water, but there's toads over there too. And so I start trying to move the toads and they're hopping all over the place and, and people are not stopping. I'm the only one that stops so far. And it just really bothers me that people are just stomping on these toads. They have to see them. And then I see Jake and Jared and I'm relieved because I want them to help me kind of guide people around these toads. They see me and they're, you know, they ask me what's up and I explain the situation with the toads and I'm like, I think, you know, if we can just like move them all over here or kind of divert people off the trail. And they just kind of looked at me like I was a crazy person. And they're like, no, no, we're going to keep running. And I'm like, no, 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 please help me. And they're like, no. And they, they left me there alone with the toads. I stayed and we were pretty far back in the pack anyway. So I guided the rest of the runners around the toads to the best of my ability. And um, then I quit. I walked. I left the race. You know, I talked to Jake and Jared later that day, and I was I was kind of sad and disappointed in them. They were my friends, and when I talked to them, they they were disappointed in me. They thought I was being kind of weird and unreasonable and judgmental, and maybe I was. I don't think I was, but maybe I was. I don't know. They're disappointed in me. I'm disappointed in them, and we never talked to each other again after that. It was done. And I didn't think I would run the half marathon, but I missed running. Like it made me feel good. And so I just had this desire to keep doing it. And so I kept training and it was totally different from training with Jake and Jared. It was just me doing it because I wanted to do it. There was no social aspect. I just knew that if I could motivate myself and, and keep doing it, it would be something I could be proud of. So I got right back out there and I kept running. In all of my like running journey, those days of training alone for the half marathon, those were the best days. It was effortless. Like I really wanted to do it. It felt good. I was getting stronger. It was just wonderful. And finally, the day of the half marathon arrives and I'm feeling really good. You know, I feel like I had this rough patch with the 10K and all that, and I've bounced back from it. Today's the day where all the hard work comes together, and I'm just on the verge of accomplishing this big eight-month-long project. I'm excited, and the race starts, and it's going really well. I don't really ever get that tired. Maybe in like the 10th mile, I sort of have this feeling creep in that I'm going to crash and burn, but I fight through that, and as I get closer to the finish line, I'm like, this thing is in my grasp. I'm going to do this, and I do. I finish the race. I cross the finish line. You know, there were people everywhere celebrating. 
People were crying. People were hugging. And everyone was celebrating this huge accomplishment of finishing this half marathon. I didn't feel any of that, really. I was handed a finisher's medal. If I could have left, I would have, but you had to take a shuttle from the finish line back to the start where our cars were parked. And the shuttle wasn't even running yet. They were not going to do that until after they did like the award ceremony or whatever. So I had to wait around. I went and found a big oak tree to sit under that was shady. And they had beer because, you know, as mentioned, beer is associated with running. But I drink water because I was sort of rebelling against my early days as a runner due to the whole, you know, toad incident. And this feeling began to set in, like it started in my stomach as kind of small, and it grew, and it was this feeling of total hopelessness. It was a sensation or realization that what I had just completed was totally meaningless. And for some reason, I started thinking about a mouse in a maze. And when I was a kid, my brother, for a science fair project, he did something where he had a mouse run through a maze. And I just felt this strong connection to that. Like I was the mouse, but I had built this maze to run through the half marathon. But it was fake, and it was pointless and artificial. I thought running this race and finishing it would feel meaningful, and it felt the opposite. And I was getting upset that I had put so much energy into it and expected to get so much out of it. It was a manufactured experience to distract me from what, I don't know, maybe just from being alive. Maybe that's all life is, is a series of distractions. Finishing the race brought on some kind of existential panic attack, and it didn't stop there. And I remember looking at the finisher's medal in my hand. It was just like, you know, a medal on a ribbon. And it sort of dawned on me that, like, I didn't even actually know what it was. Like, this thing in my hand exists, but I, I don't really know what it is. Um, I can sort of name the physical characteristics. It's, you know, a circle. It's made of some kind of metal. It's got some text engraved into it. But these are all just descriptions. What is the thing in my hand beyond these words invented by people? And then I start looking around, and you can kind of say that about everything. Like there's some hidden essence about the people across the way from me celebrating, or the tree I'm leaning up against, or the shoes I'm wearing. Like I don't actually know what any of those things are beyond what I've been told they are. They're meaningless to me, really. Just like the race, just like the thoughts in my head. The descriptions, they're separate from what they're describing. And I don't really know what those things are that are being described. Yet I am totally surrounded by these things. I am made of these things. I am these things. So it's just this vast sea of meaninglessness. And there can really be no point to anything, ever, because I don't have access to the world as it actually is. Nobody does. I don't even have access to the meaninglessness that I'm trying to describe, because, again, I'm using words to describe it, which is abstracting away from reality. And that kind of connects everything into this empty meaninglessness that we try and sort of corral and label and superficially understand. So that was a lot, I know. But that's where my mind went during this existential panic attack. 
brought on by finishing this race. And, um, and I still think about it a lot. Like I was just unsettled by some of the ideas that came to me. And it sort of changed how I look at everything. Not because I think any of this is necessarily true, but even if there's the possibility of it being true, I find it unsettling. I asked a doctor about it, and he said maybe it was like low blood sugar or maybe like low blood pressure that happens after you run. And so maybe there was a physical cause, but that kind of opens a whole nother can of worms of unsettling ideas. He said he had a surefire solution to make sure it never happened again. And I was like, oh, what? And he said, don't run half marathons anymore. So that's why I don't run half marathons anymore. Rob Tells Tales is produced by me, Rob Tiffin. I had some additional editing help from Ben Lamb. The cover art is by Marcella Johnson. She also came up with the title of the podcast. Our theme music is by Mitchell Hardage. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and at robtellstales.com. This podcast would have not been possible without Ben, Marcella, and Melanie. Thank you. And thanks for listening.